0: Our scripture reading for today is John 1, verse 35 to 39, on page 860 in your pew Bible. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. This is the word of the Lord. Check. Good morning. Yep. You can hear me? Good. So, if there's one question that you could ask Jesus, that one question, what would that question be? Perhaps it would be asking, What is the meaning of life? Or, What should I do with my life? Or, Who should I marry? When am I going to die? Or, Why did you create mosquitoes? <laughs> like, right? I have no idea. Or, Why did you make raisins? You know? For those of you who may not know, I'm not a huge fan of raisins, but yeah, it's good. There must be a reason, right? There must be a good reason. Oftentimes when we see Jesus interacting with people who come to Jesus with questions, we see Jesus doing the Jesus thing, right? He answers questions with questions. We see Jesus doing this because questions help clarify and dig, dig, dig Dig deeper into the motives and at times a deeper question behind the questions that people are asking. At times it's for their own selfish gain. At other times we see people are trying to trap Jesus. And at other times it's because they need or want something for themselves that they don't have. And during this series, we want to reflect on the questions of Jesus. What is Jesus asking us as we approach him with our own questions? What might he be asking us? And this week, we're looking at the question of what do you seek? The NIV translates it as what do you want? But the better translation is what do you seek or what are you looking for? And you will see why as we continue on, uh, that's the case. So John the Baptist and his disciples were also looking for or seeking for someone. They were looking for the chosen one, the Messiah, the one who would set them free. Just so we're not uh, confused, John the Baptist is different than John that wrote the book of John. <clears throat> and but when what we see in our passage is that John the Baptist was in the desert baptizing people with a message to repent. And to prepare themselves because there's this new kingdom coming. That there's this new person coming who is greater than himself, the chosen one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So we see within this context that, the, that John the Baptist sees Jesus and says to his disciples, Look, this is the one we were seeking for. This is the one that's God's chosen one. John 1, 29, 31. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. And then John 1, 35, 36 from our passage today. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. Whenever you notice a repetition of a word or a phrase in the Bible, it is worth noting. Here we see John the Baptist referring to Jesus twice as the Lamb of God within a few verses. So what is this Lamb of God? Though there are many different uh, thoughts by scholars on what this Lamb of God is, Some of the major allusions are the Passover lamb, the lamb that is taken to the slaughter in Isaiah, or the lamb that is offered as a sin offering that would happen within uh, Israel's worship. They would do that twice a day. Or it's a metaphor of the lamb of God to the relationship between Jesus uh, and and God the Father as a lamb to uh, a shepherd. And most scholars believe that uh, John the Baptist is alluding to the Passover lamb here. But more importantly, all of these allusions in the Old Testament point to the reality that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah that the people of Israel and in turn the world was waiting for. And one thing to note is that John doesn't say the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of Israel here, but rather the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So when John the Baptist says to his disciples twice, look, this is the one I was speaking of, the Lamb of God. By the second sighting of this chosen one, we see two of the disciples leaving John. So they were John's disciples before uh, and, and going to follow Jesus. So the first 35, the next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want or what do you seek? Here the disciples, don't <clears throat> the disciples don't ask Jesus a question, but Jesus knows already the question that they are asking in their hearts. Is this the Messiah? Is this really the Lamb of God that John was speaking about? Is this the person we want to follow Jesus, seeing that the disciples are following him, asked the question, they're not disciples of Jesus yet, what do you seek? What do you seek? <clears throat> One of the earliest games that I've played and my children play is the game hide and seek. Has anyone ever played that game? Isn't it odd that kids love that game? But then you hit a point like in your life where you stop playing that game, nor is it fun for you. Maybe it's as a parent, you play with the kids so much, and then you get to a point where you're like, I, I, I don't want to find you again. You know, we've done this so much. I don't know what it is. but So we've all played this game. We know how the game works, right? One person hides... Or actually, one person is it, or the one that, who is looking for people who have hidden. Everyone else goes and hides, and you count, whatever, 30 seconds, and then you go and find the people that are hiding. And whoever is found last is the winner, right? And now they get to go and be the one who finds other people. Did you know that there used to be an international hide-and-seek world championship funny, right? But it, uh, and it, it, it was funny because it was started as a joke. So in 2010, it started as a joke, but then it actually caught, tra- like gained attraction, I should say, and grew year after year until 2017, and then it stopped. But the winning team was awarded the golden fig leaf. Why? Because it's a biblical symbol of hiding based on the story of Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve hides, and then God finds them and gives them I guess, fig leaves or or clothing to cover their shame. So what do you seek? Isn't this the question we need to ask ourselves? All of us live our lives seeking something, whether it's happiness, purpose, a new job, someone to love. We live our lives searching for what would ultimately satisfy us that would lead to a life of flourishing But many of us in our daily lives, of of the daily grind, trying to just make our ends meet, we get so caught up in just surviving that we don't even ask that question of ourselves. Why do we do what we do? We just live like zombies. Yeah, just living our lives, seeking after that next uh, fix. So what do you seek? This question causes us to pause, to stop and reflect on the reality that we are all seeking after something. What do you seek? The disciples responding to Jesus with, by addressing him as teacher. They haven't made up their minds yet in terms of who Jesus is, but recognize him as someone to respect and to honor. And so calls him rabbi. They ask Jesus, teacher, where are you staying? Maybe if they knew where Jesus was staying, that it may give, give them a sense of who Jesus is. What is his background? Who are his parents? How, what kind of house does he stay in? They can check this Jesus out to see if he's really the Messiah that they were seeking out. The interesting thing here is that there's a little bit of a role reversal here. You see, to become a disciple of someone, to become a follower of a rabbi, you had to prove that you were worthy enough to be a disciple. You would have to show that, show the rabbi that you've already studied the Torah and you know it pretty well, and that you come from a good upstanding family or, or some kind of at least some uh, right social standing. But here we see the opposite happening. Jesus doesn't question their credentials. Jesus doesn't question their social standing. Jesus asks a question that speaks to the heart of the matter. What is it that you seek? What are you looking for? Instead of being the one who questions their worthiness, Jesus is the one that is being questioned of his worthiness. And yet Jesus doesn't balk at this, or nor does he take offense, but responds with an invitation. They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Jesus responds to their question with the invitation to come and see. The two followers who uh, came and spoke with Jesus, one was Andrew, the brother of Peter, and the other disciple who was not named is most likely John, the apostle who wrote the book of John. And this John wants his readers to understand that this Jesus is the Lamb of God, the the, the one whom is the light of the world, the one whom was there before the beginning, through whom all things were made, that this Son of God who all the allusions point to wants to and has come to be with his people and invites them in. When the disciples ask, where are you staying to Jesus? I can't help but be reminded of one of the main themes that occur in the book of John, the idea of abiding. The Greek word here for staying is the word meno. Here the disciples are asking a question that we are all asking. Jesus, where are you? We're we're here looking for you. Where are you staying? Where are you abiding? For some reason, we live out our lives as if we need to find Jesus who is trying to hide from us. Jesus isn't playing hide and seek with us. If anything, like Adam and Eve, we are the ones that are hiding from God. Just as God was the one who sought out after Adam and Eve... God came in the person of Jesus to be found by us. This is why Jesus invites us to come and stay, to see where he is abiding. And we see this heart of Jesus later on in John 15, where he says to his disciples Abide in me, stay with me as I abide and stay with you. What do you seek? One of the reasons that I became a pastor was to answer this question of what do I seek? I remember in high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do, and I was maybe a little bit of a depressive, you know, asking the question, what's the point of school? What's the meaning of life? Obviously, things were uh, bad at home that caused me to ask some of these questions as well. And I got to a point where I didn't care about school. And many of you already know this story. And so I stopped going to school, became a high school dropout, the whole thing. And and through that experience, I was asking that question, what am I seeking? What is the meaning of life? What is the purpose? And through that experience, I come to, you know, and you see, I guess, the end, end goal in some sense of where I am now, but it's been that long journey Of asking and answering the question of what do you seek? And one thing I did realize is in my seeking is that it didn't matter what I was seeking for, that everything in my my seeking in itself, whether or not it was God or something else, ultimately led to God. And the reason behind that is because we are all made to seek God, God has built us and, uh, and designed us with that. Need or hunger for God, as, as someone put it. And to me, that's a gift. It's a gift because in our searching uh, for happiness, for, for purpose, for meaning, nothing else but Jesus satisfies. So that in our searching, when we don't even think about God, we're not even, God's not even in our picture when we're seeking for that promotion, that job, that relationship, even when we uh, seek for those things, those things ultimately lead back to God because we realize those things don't actually satisfy what we're longing for. What do you seek? This is a question that is asked for of, of those who wanted to join the monastery. For example, in order to be part of the Benedictine uh, monastery, the monk would ask the candidates this question. What or who are you seeking? Their concern was making sure that even people who joined the monastery were joining the monastery for the right reasons. Yes, people who wanted to join the monastery were also joining it for the wrong reasons. Maybe they were homeless and needed a a community that would provide for them. Maybe they wanted to feel special and join this group of of, uh, monks so I could feel like part of something bigger than myself. Maybe they wanted to become someone you know, even high within the, in the, in the monastery, and that was the reason they were joining. And so they would, the monks would ask the candidates this question, what are you seeking? St. Benedict, who created this um, uh, order, would write a document called The Rule of St. Benedict. And there were 73 chapters, some short, some long. And these chapters, these rules of Benedict, St. Benedict, were written for the community to say, this is how we are to be together. This is how we are to live together. But the end goal to those rules were not just to keep certain rules, but the end goal to these rules were the purpose of seeking God. So if we're not seeking God, then these rules don't matter. What do you seek? While I was reflecting on this question, I wondered, well, what does Jesus seek? In the book of John, this is what John says Jesus seeks. John 5, by myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. John 8, I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it. And he is the judge. Very truly I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. Jesus only seeks what is not of himself, but what God wants him to do. Jesus seeks not his own glory, but rather the glory of God. Jesus seeks other, not his own selfish gain. And if you look beyond the book of John, this is what Jesus says about seeking. In Matthew 6, he says, seek the kingdom of God first. In Matthew 8, he says, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find. And in Luke 19, when speaking about going to stay in Zacchaeus' home, this is what he says. He says, for the Son of Man, which is referring to himself, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is a point that I want to end our time uh, this morning with. The question that Jesus asks us of what do you seek It's not just a question about what or who we are looking for, but it is an invitation to seek and find Jesus. Jesus is not hiding from us as if he doesn't want to be found. Rather, Jesus is the one who has come to seek and save the lost. It is, in fact, us who don't always care to find Jesus. There are times where, like Adam and Eve, we are hiding from God. There are times where we are like distracted by all the wants and desires and worries of the world. Anything but Jesus that we search. But because we are made to find our true selves in God, it is only when we find Him that we can have peace. So even when we don't seek out after God, God has designed us in a way that our seeking of other things will still lead back to him. What do you seek is more than just a question for us to think about our our own motives, but it, it is an invitation to the reality that God is the one who is seeking after us. I love this quote by John of the Cross when he writes about people wanting to seek God. This is what he says. He says, in the first place, It should be known that if anyone is seeking God, the beloved is seeking that person much more. If anyone is seeking God, the beloved is seeking that person much more. That is, if any one of us has any inkling or desire of, is there God? Or what is God wanting for me? I want to find what God wants in my life. That is a sign That God has been seeking you out way before you ever thought of seeking him out. We weren't the ones that took that initiative, but rather God is the one who has sought us out from the beginning. It is God who loves us so much that he sent his son. It is God that loved Adam and Eve that while they were hiding in their shame and guilt, that God sought them out and clothed them. God is the one who seeks us out even when we think we are seeking him first. So come and see Jesus. Come and hear his question that invites us to reflect on our deepest longings and motives. Come and hear Jesus asking you, What do you see? Let's pray. I want to give us a moment to reflect on that question of, what do you seek? Take a few minutes to reflect on that question for yourself. And what might Jesus be asking you with that question, what do you seek? Jesus, the more I ask myself that question of of what do you seek, it leads to more questions of my wants and desires and needs. And in the end, Lord, we, we want to be loved. We want people to like us. We want to feel that we matter. And Jesus, you say that we do that you love us as we are, that you seek us out even when we are hiding from you, when we feel ashamed or guilty or not worthy enough. You say that we are worthy, that you love us And we don't need to prove that to you. We don't need to prove that to ourselves that we are worthy enough. That we're good enough. And that you just love us because of who we are. So help us to be able to accept that truth. To hear that voice who says to us that we are your beloved. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.